Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Very good afternoon to you. Welcome to our program on nurturing wellness. I'm your host, Mishka Daris. Very excited for today's program. Today we are going to be speaking about codependent relationships. And it's going to be a very interesting discussion. In studio, I have with me an amazing lady. Her name is Dawn. Um, Dawn is, uh, Penny is from, uh, she's a life coach. She's also a master in spiritual healing, if I can call that. And she is really a fantastic and a phenomenal lady that I welcome to the Voice of the Cape today. Good morning, Dawn. Good afternoon. Thank you, Mishka, for having me today. I feel honored to be here. Thank you. And excited that we're speaking about this topic today. I think, Dawn, our discussion yesterday took us all over the show. But the one thing that stood out for me in terms of nurturing wellness is being conscious of who we are, what our thoughts are about. And in this program of Nurturing Wellness, we try to look at the various aspects of life. The one would be the spiritual aspect of it, the other one, the emotional and mental aspect, and then also the body. And working, I found, on each of them, or at least one of them, we find automatically the next one falls in line and the next one falls in line. So, Absolutely, absolutely. I think the first question, Dawn, for you is... Going into the discussion of codependent relationships, what is it? And, um, you know, please make us understand um, if this is a good thing or not a good thing. Okay, so we're diving straight into we conversation. Diving straight into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect. Okay, so your codependency relationship is um, it's a relationship where people become dependent on other people, but dependent in a way that's no longer healthy. Okay. So you'll find a situation where um, the person, uh, let's say in a codependent relationship, where somebody within that relationship, they start to lose themselves. Okay. They, start, they, they stop giving a voice. They, they start feeling that their needs aren't important anymore. Um, they are people that feel that they, they sacrificing part of themselves. And I feel actually that's the key word for the codependency relationship okay. is it that there's an element of sacrifice, um, a sacrifice of self that's not holy. Let's mm. put it that way. That's not holy. That it's, it's, that it's complicated. It's sticky. Um, and it takes a bit away from themselves. Absolutely. It takes, it's exactly that it takes fully away from themselves um and in this process is that they lose who they are they lose what's important for themselves so i mean there are different variations of the codependency relationship Mm. the codependency relationship mainly comes from um from addictive behavior um and this is yeah, so a lot within your AA meetings, people are speaking about the codependency relationship there with the alcoholic, the okay. alcoholic environment. Yes. However, as this topic has been more widely spoken about, so we can see that codependency exists in other relationships as well. So to give you a very practical example of, of a, codep- a type of a codependency relationship, mm. would just say um, that there's a. a a child within the family who has been using drugs. Okay. And mom makes excuses for him. No, no, it's okay, it's okay. Or even will put money on the table so that he doesn't steal stuff from her. So that is a codependency relationship because mom's now enabling the son in order for him to get his fix. Hmm. Um, this is 
the child then not taking responsibility for his for his own life okay so can you can you start to see that the relationship starts to become very tangled so in other words what we're saying it's the son would be codependent on the mother for survival in the sense of basic needs already being met because the mom is going to feed me, the mom's going to uh, care for me, um, you know, the house is still there that I can come in and sleep. And the mom is, is saying, you know, he's my son. I've got to look after him. I've got to care for him. No matter what he does, it's fine. Yes, is that the kind of thinking that that's happening? Absolutely. And what's happening in the process is that the son or the, the child rather stays in his He's, he stays in a point which is unhealthy. Okay. So what's being done to get the child out of that, out of that unhealthy pattern as such? So your codependency, it's, it's behavioral patterns. It's mental pattern, patterns that's not healthy for the individual and ultimately they're not healthy for the family, which as we then know, the family affects the community. Your community affects... You know the place where you're staying yeah and this is the the knock-on effect what would be an ideal relationship if we've got to call it that um in terms of you know we, we're now talking about the codependent which is not healthy uh do you get an independent relationship or an interdependent which one would be a bit better or healthier if i can uh, use that, uh, yes. that word <laughs> i was about to say let, let's not judge let's rather use healthier mm. Um, my understanding, Mishka, is a relationship is you've got two people, and when two people come together, that you actually form a third, as opposed to people, oh, it's my other half, and they complete me. Uh-huh. That, for me, is the tricky situation, because what's going to happen if that other half's no longer there? The person then doesn't know who they are. Mm. They don't know what they're representing. They can't function on their own, whereas in, a, in an in an interdependent relationship you've still got two very individual people that are coming together and in that crossing over they then formulate uh, they then formulate another and another being if i can call it that okay they they connect with each other but they're not dependent on each other so i i don't know if anyone's heard that concept of one plus one equals three yes that it's um synergy there we go Synergy, mm. absolutely. So they create synergy. Yes. So um, if we look at a husband-wife situation, I'm an individual, my husband's an individual, but together we create the synergy to have a family, which is the third part of things. And the, the, the next synergy is the house. So you're making mutual decisions within the house. Okay. You're making mutual decisions together about what's best for your family, which mm. ultimately, if we want to use the archetypes, what's best for your kingdom versus an old system where one dominant person in the house calls the shots and that's it mm. it's my way or the highway because in that sort of relationship is is that you've got many people that are then living in the house which are in fear mm. so now all of a sudden fear becomes a normal pattern for them and they then start doing things which creates more fear Mm. So where's the love in that? Because for me, a relationship is love. Exactly. It's love between partners. It's love with children. Whereas if 
when in the extremity of it so there there are three there are three dynamics that yes. that play out within the code codependent relationship before we go there dawn uh, we're going to take an eye break and okay. yeah again i would love to invite our listeners to please comment on the show 47913 any questions that you may have 47913 um we would really love to go into this codependent relationship and look within our family our society and then ultimately look at south africa as a whole as yes. well so please comment on us on 47913 we'll be back after the break my radio station your radio station our radio station the voice of the cape back to our program nurturing wellness on the voice of the cape i'm your host mishka daris and so excited for this program discussing codependent relationships because ultimately we would want you to be comfortable with yourself and comfortable with the relationships around you and sometimes we do have to ask the questions that are going to bring up pain it could bring up negative feelings or emotions but it's about also bringing that up and telling yourself I'm surrendering it to God and I'm letting go and I'm going to change my outlook on life and joining me to discuss this is Dawn Dawn Penny is also a life coach and she is a master spiritual healer in her own sense she does some reiki as well she's a brilliant at meditation and she and really I just love the way that um Dawn speaks as well so we would love you to call us or comment on the show 47913 and um interact with us and find and and let us know what do you think about the discussions that we are having because i think we are in the space where we do need to open up the can of worms sometimes and the one today being the codependent relationships so don codependent relationship we've we've said it's an un, an unhealthy relationship so how can we categorize codependent relationships Oh well, wow. okay. Um I think let's let's get back to basics and then it's it's being able to identify what's identify what's playing out in a code codependent relationship. Okay. Cuz the aim well the aim for the talk today is to bring awareness mm. cuz once we're aware of what we're doing we can then take responsibility to change our pattern. And this is exactly what the codependent relationship is um it's about us being caught in a pattern. So the understanding the pattern and then we know how to take steps to get out of the pattern. Mm-hmm. So the codependent relationship there's three basic archetypes that exist within a codependent relationship and a an archetype is an aspect of who we are. Okay. It's not only who I am but it's part of who I am. Mm. So the three main archetypes which come up within the codependent relationship is the bully, is the rescuer, and the victim. Mm. And if we really look at those three archetypes we can see how they play out because it's the bully which bullies somebody who then becomes a victim and at some point within that relate in in that space somebody comes in to try and rescue and it's to try and take them out of the situation. With the work that we do it's about going deeper than that and it's not only about taking you out of the situation please don't get me wrong that is important but it's also then about the healing aspect and the only way we can overcome this is really understanding and knowing this so we can recognize the signs and patterns as okay. they come up mm. so your bully classic signs and symptoms of the bully somebody who dominates but dominates in the point um i mean you we get obviously the a type personalities who get things done yeah. but then there's also the dominate where nobody like a dictator almost that's it Ex- perfect okay absolutely where nobody else has got to say mm 
And it's my way or the highway. Mm, mm. A controller? Can we call them that too? Exactly. Exactly okay. controller. They tend to overwhelm the situation. So I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you've been with somebody and it feels like your world's spinning mm. and you leave and you go, I've just agreed to do something that really has gotten, what? What did, what just happened? Mm. Classic signs and symptoms that you've been bullied where your power has been taken away from you. You've agreed to do something that is beyond you. You've lost your identity. Mm. You've lost what you stand for. Can, can we take this into an example of like a classic uh, marital relationship where you've got a husband and a wife? And I'm not going to assign roles because we always say, you know, the perpetrator ends up to be the husband and the wife is the victim. So let's just say your partner has now um, bullied you into um, spending money to buy a car. And you, your finances just doesn't allow it. And as the partner, you feel that you are going to be in such a, a um, you're going to be eating peanut butter and bread for the for the next five or eight years. Absolutely. And so you had no say in this. Absolutely. So here you've got the bully, and here you've got the victim. You've got the victim, which um, the victim then goes into the pain. My world is falling apart. I never have a say. I'm never consulted about anything. My life's use, worthless. I don't really mean anything. And so the person then starts retracting into their pain. They, they then start disappearing. They, they, they no longer, they, yeah, they no longer take care of themselves because they're rather sitting in the pain of the situation. Mm. So the, um, so, so to go back, sorry, to change examples, mm. um, but to go back to the example of the mother and the child who's using drugs. Good example, yes. It's, that is classic where you've got the, in that case, the child would be the bully because it's holding the mother to ransom. You have to give me money to provide for my drugs, otherwise I'm going to steal from you. The mother's now in fear. Mm. The mother's now stepping on eggshells in her own house because she doesn't know what's going to be happening from the behavior of the child. So this is where it's now unhealthy mm. because the child's holding the mother to ransom as such in his action and in his behavior. The mother doesn't really, at this stage, being the victim, she doesn't have a say. She just carries on giving, carries on giving, carries on giving, carries on giving. So the, 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 victim, the victim actually is very... Um, the victim becomes a taker. Okay, if you mind explaining that. Yeah. So the, the victim stays in their sorrow. Okay. So the victim will carry on complaining to everybody around them about the situation that's in the house. They've created drama. Mm. They carry on telling the neighbor, the sister, the cousin, anybody who will listen to the story, oh, look at my son. He's using drugs. If I don't give him money, he's going to steal from me. And the story carries on. They stay, st they stay trapped in their story. Mm. Could it also be um, also just to, to generalize and say, um, you know, I am poor and there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. So the world owes me everything. Oh. I will do absolutely nothing. And I am so angry at God because he put me in this situation. Poor me. Poor me, poor me. Everybody must take pity on me because I'm poor. Look at my situation. Mm. Um, and please don't get me wrong. I've met some beautiful and amazing people who have got little materialistic, mm. that live in very humble establishments. But their behavior and their attitude is different. Yes. You know, it's, you can meet a poor person who you literally see the light of God in their eyes. 
because mm. they know what they have and it doesn't matter how much they have they value and appreciate what it is that they do have okay. where you can still have the victim that's living in a massive house up the road you know mm. where they they it's still not enough mm. yeah you Okay. It's not enough. Then you have the rescuer. Sorry to interrupt you. No, I was about to say, let's, let's move on to the next one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the rescuer is the person that comes in that just tries to make things right. Okay. Which, which is, as women, it's most of us. I have to, I'm going to yeah. generalize. <laughs> we just want to put the plaster on, try and make it all right. So auntie will come next door and she'll give you a plate of food and go, okay, cool, I'm sorry. You know, poor, so the, the victim is poor me, poor me, poor me, poor me. Auntie comes and gives her a plate of food. Mm. Where this becomes unhealthy is, is that the mother still remains poor me, poor me, poor me, and auntie still gives, gives. her food. Gives her food. So you, that's the codependency relationship um, is, is that the rescuer is, um, is just carries on giving and giving. And giving and giving, but often at a compromise of themselves. Okay, so now I've got a question, Dawn. We have in Islam mm-hmm. that um, there are five pillars, and one of those pillars are that we've got to give charity to the poor, um, to those in need. Let's not use the word poor, to those in need. Sure. So how do, do we then become the rescuer or just generalizing also outside of religion? Do NGOs become rescuers? Or where is that line? Okay, so there's a difference of am I giving from my sense of love? Which in Islam, this is what it's giving from a place of love. So I give to people that are in need because I can. Okay. Okay. Versus giving from people because I feel sorry for them. Mm. It comes from a different place. Because if I'm giving from a place of love, I'm giving from my place of holiness. But if I'm giving from my place because I feel sorry for them, is is that I pity them. So it comes from a very different place inside of us. If I'm pitying them, the person then stays in victim. Okay. So yes, and please, um, I support NGOs and I admire what they do. But to speak very generally, is is that yes, if the NGO goes into a community and just gives, 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 they do formulate a codependent relationship versus the age-old saying, teach a man how to fish, fish. Mm. and he'll feed himself for the rest of, him, rest of his life. So we're also talking about um, enhancing the self. Um, exactly. If NGOs can, yes, okay, you're giving. We're going to help you for the first month. During that month, you are going to assist us to clean up the area. Um, and then those people, you know, who, who took the time, the effort, they volunteered their services for that month, we will give them a job. I'm just using a very, you know, example of um, just an out there example. So is that what we're saying? Instead of just handing over, we are, could I use the word empowering? Absolutely. And spot on, absolute perfect word to use, because that's how you start breaking the codependency relationship, is you start empowering the person. Okay. So to go back to the situation with mom and son, with the drugs, she stays in victim. For her to break that relationship is for her to start empowering the son. Okay, boy, you've been here, or child, you've been here for this long. This has got to stop. I understand your situation. Still in compassion. Mm. However, things have got to change. 
and then having a conversation with him going, okay, cool, what is it that you need to do in order to get out of the situation? It's not mom's responsibility to get him out. Otherwise, the codependency relationship carries on. She then steps into out of victim into rescue Rescuer mode. Okay. okay. Absolutely. So while he in is this, okay, what is it that you need to do? What help do you need? So the child who's then using the drugs can then start thinking, hey, hold on a second. I'm not caught in my pattern. What can I be doing to step out of my pattern? Mm. So with the, with, the, with the example of the NGOs, um, is it okay for me to mention an NGO who's touched my yes, life? Yes, Is a project called Earth Child Project. And what they do is they work with schools. They've got a school in Lavender Hill they work with. They've got a school in um, Kalicha that they work with. I don't know how many schools that they've taken on since then. They have got a food kitchen on site, mm-hmm. um, a soup kitchen, which they feed the kids from the area. But they've also got a, um, a garden initiative, which the kids need to get involved in to garden. And whatever produce is made from that garden then goes into the soup kitchen so the kids are now being taught a skill. Responsibility. Exactly. Hmm. So when they leave school, they're not still, because they've become, the kids would then become used to being fed. Mm. Now, how do you make that jump from used to being fed to learning how to feed yourself? So this is what this NGO is doing. They're one of the other initiatives that they're doing is about they go in the area and they pick up litter. Mm. So they're teaching the kids responsibility of keeping your area clean, but they then, out of the litter, they then make things out of it. So it then becomes useful. Mm. They're now teaching the kids a skill, which at a later stage they can take that as initiative and they can start up their own business. Mm-hmm. There's a way for them to be to be generating, to be looking after oh, self. Sure. That is, that's something to think about because... Um, when you when we discussed this this topic yesterday, I had to also evaluate myself um, and what role am I playing? Because does it become um, dawn automatic that if you know of a victim, uh, or rather, let's rephrase it: if I am a victim, sure, um, do I automatically attract a rescuer? Do I automatically attract a perpetrator? You do because of something is is that we become so used to living in that state of feeling like I'm a victim is is that I carry on creating situations in my life to keep me in a victim because admittedly being in a victim and please I speak from because I I know my victim self I know my victim self when I was fully in my victim self people provided for me Hmm. so it was cushy it wasn't comfortable but it was cushy. I didn't have to work. I didn't have to do this. And everybody, I got attention. And somebody cooked for me. And I was provided for. Mm. So what was mine? I had no incentive to get out of this. Even though inside of me, is is that it didn't feel like a, at all. There was a lot of pain that was inside of me. But then as I started working with myself with the empowering. So, it, the, so the funny thing is, is that funny and I use that very very lightly Mm -hmm. is is that within me being in a victim I was then very much aware of my own bully persecutor Dawn Penny pull up your socks you're a big girl now go and do what you need to do and And in the process is that I was bullying myself wow causing myself more pain sure so even externally it exists but it also exists inside so the bully, the persecutor, is actually the critic. 
you're doing wrong, you don't know how to do this, you're useless, you're worthless, and it keeps them in that state. But we can do it to ourselves as well. Could we say that the perpetrator also comes from an area of fear because they want to control situations, they want to control others, so they Mm -hmm. are afraid of allowing life to be, allowing situations to be, um, and trusting in God, and trusting in Allah. I'm so happy that you've brought the spiritual element at this point. Exactly. It's, 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 it's disconnecting from, it's disconnecting from our love to our creator. Hmm. Because I'm now handing my power over to another person versus handing my life to, to, to God, hmm. who is the ultimate orchestrator. But even within that, and I use this very cautiously about handing my life completely over to God, Mm. that that in itself doesn't become a codependent relationship. Yes. Because I still need to take responsibility. And this is allowing God to do his work through me. Mm. But for me to then carry on with that work, and that is ultimate service, where I'm doing God's work. Mm. So in other words, you're not praying God, please take me out of the situation um, or Allah, please remove my burdens from me because you said that I will never have a burden greater than I can be. And now you go and sit on the couch and you're waiting and you're waiting yes. you're like, God, hello, I asked you, I'm waiting. <laughs> you know, meanwhile, so it's not. Meanwhile, you've got somebody, you've got the neighbor at your gate ringing your doorbells saying, come, 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 let's go and do something. And you're like, uh-uh, I'm waiting for God. I'm waiting for God. Okay, I'm really, really, really hungry. And meanwhile, you're not answering your phone and it's your mom phoning you to say, come, let me feed you. Mm. You know, it's it's allowing that that God works through us in mysterious ways, as has been your experience. Mm. You know, you when we surrender and we really say, okay, God, I'm needing assistance here. Please remove my burdens. Yes, it would be amazing if it just disappeared just like that. But all of a sudden you go somewhere and you find a book. Mm. And it's a book on a subject which you're needing assistance on. That's God working his divine way. Mm. Or all of a sudden you get this feeling, hold on, I need to go to mosque. I need to go and pray. I need to make my salah. In that moment, God, please take my, my burdens. And he's saying, you need to make salah. Yeah, but it's not time. It's, it's, mm. I'm in between my time slots. But if we get on the ground... We put our heads down, we're back into our humble states, we clear the mind, we clear the emotions, and we allow God to work through us. We will be given our answers because he is the provider. He's the ultimate provider. How many of you are getting goosebumps at this moment in time? (laughs) Because I definitely am. uh, We're going to take an ad break. When we come back, Dawn, the question received is, I'm divorced for 14 years. I'm uh, young. I'm a young 63-year-old. Was in an abusive abusive marriage, sorry, for 28 years. The last child is now leaving home. I have to go and live with my son and already moved for five times and just never made a life for myself. Please advise I always just thought of the children and now they are all grown up. I just feel, what can I do with my life? Let's take that question um, or answer that question when we come back from the break. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. (music) 
Welcome back to Nurturing Wellness on The Voice of the Cape. And today we have Dawn Penny in studio. Dawn is a life coach, a master of spiritual healing, amongst others, and also a Reiki master as well. We'll speak about that at another time. But for now today we are discussing codependent relationships. And um, I'm hoping that uh, Dawn's words have touched you. Um, we'd love to hear from you. SMS us 47913. I know it's a new concept per se and what we're talking about is um, really something that uh, we becomes difficult because it means we have to go within ourselves it's about going down into um, what do, what is our truth what is that what are we what are our values what are our beliefs and we not, don't mean beliefs in terms of religion we mean beliefs as in on the value chain you know, what do, what do we hold dear to us? What do we hold close to us? So if you don't mind me, Dawn, going on to that question, um, I'm being, I'm divorced for 14 years. I'm young, 63 year old, um, was in an abusive marriage for 28 years. The last child is now leaving home. I have to go and live with my son and already moved for five times and just never made a life for myself. Um, uh, advice, I always just thought of the children. Now they are all grown up. What can I do with my life? Wow. First of all, this is an exciting, um, I can, I, please, I know this must be a very, very scary time for you because there's so much changes which is happening. And change is always scary, which is why many of us don't make the changes that we need to make because we feel scared. Yeah. But there was something in, in, your, in your comment that really like tickled me inside and that was uh, I'm a young 63 year old gorgeous so you so you listener you already know that you've got life inside of you and admittedly it's as simple as making a list as what makes me happy and then it's going out and doing those things and I know it's like the teeniest tiniest little step but this is what starts the avalanche you know if your thing is dancing is is that if you really, really like dancing, perhaps you can find a, a dancing group in your community. Find other people that enjoy dancing. And through this, you're going to start meeting people. And I know this is a very small example to begin with, mm. but you're starting somewhere. Maybe you find that your passion's gardening. Maybe, like my mom, my mom was born to be a mother. So <laughs> when we all left home... She started doing community work, working with orphanages and started seeing how she could uplift kids and doing creative projects. And she really, she flourished in this space. So instead of her sitting at home and going, oh, my children have left the nest, is that she realized she really has got something special. And how can she share this? Hmm. You know, if your passion is cooking, maybe this is time for you to start doing your cooking projects or go and cook in a, in a shelter or start a home bakey service or perhaps the other elderly people who don't know how to cook and you can offer a service from that regard so listener you've given me a very big question and i know i've answered in, in a very small generalized way but there's definitely a lot more to this conversation that can be have and i'm excited to hear that you're still a young 63 year old Isn't it gorgeous oh i love it gorgeous also i think dawn we have so many dreams and aspirations when we're young and when i talk young i mean um, as a teenager um you know when when you think life is just starting for you so as a teenager as a young adult of 20 and whatever then 
can we always say we use the word life happens so you get yeah. married you get you have your children and we put those dreams and aspirations on the back burner and maybe this is a good time when you are doing that reflection to go back to those years and ask yourself what are your dreams and are they still relevant and write them down and see the bucket list you know go through your bucket list and tick off if you if you wanted to do bungee jumping see if it's possible you know go and do it and have that thrill absolutely i mean one of my clients one of my clients a beautiful beautiful muslim girl and she came to me she was with me for some time and she arrived and she was insecure and she didn't have a very good like self-image and with ongoing coaching sessions with her and the healing sessions slowly but surely she came out of her shell mm. the next thing i know she, she went paragliding off lion's head wow like completely out of character to who i'd met and she when she did it i was beaming with i was so proud of her wow. but how she was with herself the fact that she had she had done this for her mm. and it, it literally from then onwards our coaching and healing sessions went on a very different route because she now realized something was possible, mm. something that she had confronted within herself. Mm. Yeah. Is, do, coming back to this codependent relationship, are we socialized to, to believe that our happiness or our worth is dependent on the next person? Codependency relationship 101. That's exactly it. My happiness is dependent on somebody else. And how can it be if our values are different mm. you know mishka maybe you love strawberries okay and strawberries make you happy but you decide that the only way for you to have strawberries is if somebody gives it to you ah. now i come along and i love mangoes and because i want to honor my love in you i just carry on giving you mangoes mm. and mangoes and mangoes but what's happening inside of you Dawn doesn't love me. She doesn't appreciate me because she keeps giving me mangoes. I don't want mangoes. I want strawberries. But you're not communicating that. You're not giving that to yourself. Hmm. So all of a sudden this starts forming a dysfunctional relationship because you are perceiving that I'm not loving you and honoring you hmm. in a way that you want to be done. But admittedly, Yes, it is my responsibility to honor you in that way, but it's also your responsibility to honor yourself in your way. Oh, yes. So staying in the victim in this situation will be, nobody loves me, don't give me any strawberries. Okay. Whereas for you, you can go, but hey, hold on a second. I really like strawberries. I'm done with these mangoes now. You go out and you make a plan to give you strawberries. Mm. Whether it's growing them, whether it's going to the shop, or even in that communication going, Dawn, thank you for all the mangoes. I love strawberries. Mm. Communication, speaking your truth. Oh, that's that's a subject on its own. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That's a subject yes, on its yes, own. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so next question. I um, did not receive the second part of it. So if it's possible for you, um, 9604 at the end, to please resend. I will... I don't know, Dawn, if this will help, but the first part of the SMS says, would like to know, I was adopted when I was three days old, married two times, I've got three kids, I fight a lot with my kids, I'm on antidepressant. antidepressants, is it because, and then the rest of the SMS got cut off. So, okay, how can so we help? Is it... Okay, well, we don't want to be the rescuer, so... No, we're not <laughs> how going could we to... Guide? We, we're not, yeah, exactly. Difficult so, one. Um, 
I, yeah, I think I'm, I'm just wanting to answer this from an authentic place versus just from a generalized, okay. from a generalized space. Um, I, th I can recommend, I know you were adopted and from a young age, is, is that there could be wounding there regarding abandonment and rejection. But there is a different way of looking at this and that you were taken into a family that loved you and adored you and wanted you. So we can focus on the pain and please don't get me wrong. It's not to say that the pain isn't real, but mm. it's by focusing on what it is that you do have, you know, and you've now given yourself a family. So in other words, we're talking about gratitude. Oh. What are you grateful yes. for? Instead of focusing on the negative, make a list of all the things that you are grateful for. I hear you make a list, but it's as easy as sitting here across the way from you and I'm seeing that there's water. And at a time in our country when water is a very precious resource, you have got a pot of gold sitting on the desk right mm. here. And it's being grateful for that. It's being grateful for being able to have this conversation and being able to connect to you. It's grateful that I'm healthy. Mm. It's, it's grateful that, that I've got a voice. Oh, yes. Mm. It's a great, I'm grateful for my eyesight right now because I can see you. Mm. And it's coming back to the gratitude, the gratitude element. And the pain, in the therapy work which I practice, it's, yes, the pain exists. But for a long time, we've been so caught up in the pain, okay, mm. that we forget that there's so much more that's out there and that what we actually do have and that we've got so many other strengths as well so the more i'm going to focus on my pain the bigger that's going to become because that becomes my sole focus yes meanwhile so with the work that i do with my clients it's like okay cool let's tend to the pain let's address those wounds but let's also realize that yes your finger's sore okay but what about the rest of your body mm. And this is just using a very, very basic, very basic understanding. And, and coming back to the very core principle about loving mm. and respecting myself yeah. has changed my world because now my actions and the things that I do are coming from that space. And you are also... At the same time, we haven't, shouldn't be forgetting about the spiritual element of it either, because Islam is also all about that. Oh, I've got goosebumps. Don't forget God. Uh, he, God is the ultimate provider. Mm. He is the creator. And in saying thank you, in my, in myness, in saying thank you, it's my way of saying to God, I see you. I see you. I see you in the water. I see you in the trees. I see how much you have given me, mm. how much you've given us. And I feel that the more that I recognize God, I mean, and I say this very lightly because yeah. I, there's a lot that I don't see, but in the little bit that I can see, mm. that's my gratitude towards, towards God. It's, it's my acknowledgement. And I feel that the more that I acknowledge and see God around me, I start seeing start seeing that flicker in other people mm. Mm. and I start focusing on their goodness because I can find things that are wrong I easy it's easy oh yes it is easy and this is where the change of school of thought is coming along 
yes, I can focus on what's wrong in the victim, or I can step out of that space and I can be seeing things, the bigger picture of things. Mm. I can see how much I do have, how much we all have. Yeah, I we have about I think uh, a minute or so left of the show, um, uh, or two minutes left of the show. Uh, there's a discussion dawn that you had with me yesterday, and if you don't mind, can we please redo that discussion? So if we are, uh, so that people also understand from where we're coming from. So um, I am. You were using the example of you know um, I I'm I'm an alcoholic. If I can use that. So I'm an alcoholic, and but I need help. Okay. Yeah. So instead of the rescuer coming and helping me, uh, how do you empower? How do you um, communicate with somebody instead of being the rescuer? How do you tell that, that person who's even a drug addict? How do you tell them I'm going to um, or you need to empower yourself? Even within that, it's it's more instead of telling somebody because in the telling it, we either then step back into the role of the persecutor or the rescuer it's changing it and asking the person what do you need okay because by me saying this is what you need i'm making an assumption based on me not based on you Mm. so if i'm asked the person what is it that you need no i just need you to leave me alone okay cool i can leave you alone but is that going to keep you in your situation or is that going to take you out of your situation oh so when you're caught up in when you're caught up in an archetype in the rescue, you th- I mean in a, in the victim, you think like a victim. Mm. So in the processes which is which I use, we don't focus on the victim. We ask questions, empowering questions, is to get the person out of, out that, of that space. Mm. And the work that I do is to ask to continue asking questions and keeping them in a different space, in a different aspect to who they are. What is it that they're wanting? Mm. And getting to that core need. So okay. okay, cool. So the people that are in the victim, they need attention. Okay, so what is it that you need? And you, we burrow down, burrow down. No, 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 I need attention. I feel I need to be taken care of. Ah, okay. How do you feel you can be taking care of yourself? I've made a big jump there because I'm trying. I'm just trying to condense it as yes. much as quickly. It's a lot of little questions, but that then becomes the ultimate question: Is this the conversation you can have with yourself? We are going to continue this tomorrow. Yes, we're out of time, but just for people to start thinking um, whether they are a victim, a perpetrator, or a rescuer, what are the questions they need to ask themselves? Um, we can elaborate maybe tomorrow. No, <laughs> Sorry, Dawn. No, no, this is perfect because this is bringing back to point, which is which is awareness. Mm. It's really, it's for me. It's as I go to bed at night, and as I'm going to bed at night, and I'm going through my day just before I fall asleep. I'm like, okay, what part of my day was not right? And I was like, oh, I really spoke to somebody really badly today. Mm. Oh, okay. Awareness. Mm. Acknowledge that I did that. Okay, maybe I go to bed at night and I'm like, my day was horrible, but everything fell apart. Okay, hmm. so what is, who's speaking here? Oh, that's my victim self. Oh, because I didn't acknowledge the water that ran from the tap so easy or my fridge that's got food in it. Dawn, I've got to stop you, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish we had more time. It's a big conversation. It's, it's a major conversation. I think we shall continue tomorrow. Um, and uh, with Dawn, Dawn Penny is a life coach and master spiritual healer and all of that. And we'll uh, go in a little bit more details to what she does tomorrow. And uh, from myself, wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.